Real quick, the only ask I could ever have of you guys is to help spread the word so we can help more women lose body fat, build muscle, reach their goals, and feel insanely confident. And the only way we can do that is if you rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing I ask for you to do is if you could leave a review, it will take you 10 seconds and it will mean the absolute world to me and may change the world of someone else. Don't talk about mental health. Like that's a, that's a no, no. You work out and you eat right. But then I was like boiling up inside of me, like there's something more to what true wellness is. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Macro Hour. In today's episode, I am super, super excited. You probably know her as the powerhouse behind Tone It Up, where she's been changing the game of fitness and wellness and bringing women together like no one else. But that's not all. She also is diving deep into mental health on her podcast, The Big Silence, opening up very important conversations and bringing a whole lot of heart to topics that really freaking matter. And today she's here to share her journey, drop some wisdom on staying fit and mentally strong, and just chat about making a real impact. So I'm super excited. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So can you share a bit about your personal story with mental health and how it influenced you to start the amazing podcast that you have, The Big Silence? Yeah. I'm how much time do we have with that? Um, and in short, um, you know, I grew up with a, a mother and I grew up, you know, 80s, 90s and grew up with a mother who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And back then, nobody was talking about mental health. And so I kind of became this lost person. My mom was in and out of the house and multiple times missing persons. A lot was a lot of darkness was going on inside the house. And, you know, it's the whole story is in my memoir, The Big Silence, too. Um, but it really growing up with a parent who has a mental illness can be really, really stressful. And I think back of myself as a teenager feeling very lost and not understanding, you know, when a doctor says your mom has schizophrenia, you're like, how do you spell that? Like, it's, I'm like, what does that mean? So literally back then I went to the library and rented a book and to educate myself because there was no education around mental health or mental illness at that time. And through all of this stuff that was going on in the shadows of our house, I went into my own teenage, um, I would say situational depression. I hid from friends. I then found new, a new group of friends. They were like the party friends that we were all escaping, which I think back now, I'm like, what was going on in their homes, right? Because we were all doing the same things and we were escaping from something. And so, it, you know, quite likely with the statistics of mental illness, a lot of that could have been in their home as well. And so I also, um, I am a teenage suicide survivor, so I'm very happy to be here and have this platform to raise a voice and end the stigma around mental illness and making the conversation around mental health just absolutely normal. And because I think with every conversation, like one conversation can save a life. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And being 
you know, sharing that and being that vulnerable here with us on this podcast. In that experience, what are some effective ways that you have like combated that stigma that you're that you're talking about surrounding mental health and have current and encouraged more to open up in conversations about it? Well, I would say for a decade, I kept quiet and silent. I'm afraid of letting my friends know what was going on in my home. And then when I was in my early 20s, I had this like aha moment and I was not doing well physically. My body was in rashes from stress. I was at this point, I lived in California from I moved from Indiana to California was just like partying way too much, still escaping. And then I had this moment of Karina, this was not meant to be your life. You are not your mother. You will not be, uh, you know, you will not become mentally ill. I knew that I had like a, a good head on my shoulders, even though I was lost. And I said, we've got to make a change. And so I thought back of when was I my happiest before the family fell apart. And I said, I remember running a half marathon when I was 12 years old. And I was like, that was my happiest. And I was like, I'm going to sign up for a race. And so I actually ended up <clears throat> signing up for a triathlon and quit. I traded Hollywood club nights for <laughs> sunrise bike rides and runs and ocean swims. And that was my therapy. I mean, along with actual therapy and reading every other self-help book, but it was physical fitness that pulled me out of my darkness. And it's those long runs where, you know, the endorphins are going and you're moving your body. And I'm like, wow, this feels so good. And it brought so much joy. And that was, so I always say like, fitness saved me. And fitness also, when you sign up for a race, like a triathlon and you train for it and you don't want to do it, it makes you do the things you don't want to do. I hated jumping in the cold water and swimming. <laughs> like miserable, right? Yeah. But it's that when you sign up for something and you commit to it and then you cross that finish line. And for myself, I never followed through because I never believed in myself. And when I finished that first race, I like fell on my knees and I cried because I was like, you can do anything. And that's wow. what from there. It there's probably so many women that can resonate listening right now that have um, had that, like when they sign up for something or they sign up for a program and um, they don't see it through, they have probably tons and tons of thought processes that go on their head that I'm a failure or it's, you know, it's me. I can't follow through on the things I sign up for. However, then there's the ones that finally it clicks, the light bulb goes off in their head. And they're like, okay, I signed up for this thing. Like I, I'm invested in it. I'm going to show it for myself. And then they do. And then they start getting the results and then they cross the finish line and a total transformation has happened. So. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't want to put pressure on someone who says, okay, like I can't, you know, I'm, my body is telling me this, I can't, you know, finish that race. I actually just had a podcast with someone who, what's well, that Mount Everest, like climb. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like they go up and down and up and down for like 36 hours. Oh, no, I've never heard of that before. I've heard of climbing Mount Everest. And like, I've heard there's like, you know, base, what bases that you can go at and, and try and conquer. Jesse Eisler does it and hosts it or something. Oh, okay. You know I don't yeah, know. I know Jesse. It's yeah, it's yeah. There's someone in my studio the other day and she's like, I signed up for it. I didn't finish it. 
but I listened to my body and she's like, I'm still proud of myself, but she's 100%. going again this year. She's like, this year I'm going to finish it. So that's another thing too, like just not giving up. So I really, yeah, hundred percent. You mentioned reading uh, some self-help books along your journey. What are some books that you, uh, that you loved reading and that were like the biggest, like you couldn't stop reading it and you put it down and you're like, Oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like so long ago, but, and I still, sometimes I read them over and over again. Um, Power of Now. Mm, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And A New Earth. Clearly love his work. Mm. Um, was it The Seven? Oh, oh, what is it? The Seven Something Things of Highly Successful People. Yeah. The Seven Effective Habits of Highly yeah. Successful People. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like OG, like old self-help that books. OG. <laughs> Oh, yeah. love it. And like, how about like Norma Vincent Peale with like the power of positivity? That yes. Works? Yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. Eckhart Tolle is like, you just put that on, you're just immediately. And then the dings that go off, <laughs> it just like brings you back. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about like through your journey, right? How did you have support systems as you were going through this? Like how, how in your perspective, how, how important are having support systems um, and what advice would you give someone that's seeking support? I did not have a support system as I was going through it again, because the stigma around my mother mentally ill and what I was afraid of what people would think of me. And um, so I was on this journey. It, I think that really is where I used to be very shy and I was always shy as a kid too, but even growing up then, I think because I was a kind of hunched down and like, you know, just hid because I was the stigma around it. I didn't really talk much. And now I, I talk a lot and um, I did not have anyone, but I think it's so important now. And I think that's one of the reasons I started the big silence too, is because it's so important. If I had a support system, if someone had talked to me about what this is and then like me too, and the women and, and men, but mostly women that I've met through me opening up my story, they've come and said, wow, I thought I was alone. And now it creates like them opening up their stories and then it becomes this support group. And uh, anyone who feels alone too, I just want to throw this out there. There's um, NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, has support groups for family members or peer to peer as someone struggling with a mental health disorder themselves. So it was, I, I, jo I joined a support group <laughs> and that was one of the first times that I felt like I wasn't alone. Wow. So it maybe for what you were mentioning before, um, where you need the silence, like it, you, you kind of at the beginning before you did seek out the support system, you were keeping it all in, um, which I, you know, a lot of people do um, before they feel comfortable that they can share or speak up or be vulnerable. What advice would you give to someone who wants to open up about something that they are struggling with, but doesn't even know where to start? Yeah. And, and when I say I kept silent about it, it was even beyond when I founded Tone It Up, which in the beginning, because there was such shame around it. Um, but I would say number one place to start, there's text lines that are completely anonymous. If you feel like the stigma, so you can text hello to 741741 and completely 24-7 anonymous crisis text line. 
you uh, can get connected with a counselor uh, on our website, The Big Silence. We have a resources page and we also have a program called Therapy for All where we provide therapy and cover your fees for therapy through a therapy scholarship. And I, I wanted to start that because I've realized in the conversations I've had with people where a lot of times therapy is expensive and so important and imperative. I think everyone. Should. I go to therapy. I love yes. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then someone's health insurance doesn't cover it. So we have a network of therapists. Um, yeah. And even like when you, how long have you been going to therapy? It just started this year. Oh, congrats. Thanks. But as a kid, I had to go because my parents and my mom divorced and everything like that. So I went when I was younger, but I redid it or I reinvested in it this year for myself. Well, I always say it's like going to the gym or if, you know, I'm a trainer, but I do have a personal trainer that I work out with a couple times a month, just to like mix it up. And, um, but it's, it's a gym for your brain. You got to do it. It's just so nice to just like, sometimes I go and I'm like, oh, what am I going to talk about today? But then like, you just start talking and it's just so nice to just talk out loud about things that like, you didn't even know. Like, she'll, she'll, I love therapists and their questions and they're like they help they're not giving you advice or guiding you to your own conclusion and solution yourself and I'm like I start pondering on that I'm like I didn't even think about that or like I didn't even like and it just like from from me just talking out loud like it just it's so helpful yeah it's yeah nice too because there's only so many times my husband needs to hear about what I want to talk about <laughs> right yeah totally it's nice to have an unbiased opinion you know yeah, I don't, yeah exactly because sometimes when I talk to my husband I'm like I want to get this out but I don't want you to give me your feedback <laughs> yeah, exactly He's like okay <laughs> yes I love that facts um, why you mentioned the shame around, like you've said that a couple of times and I'm like, why is there so much shame around mental health and, and the, like that? Why, why it's intergenerational trauma and uh, our generations, like we're finally with each generation. I mean, think about people, kids, teenagers, like they're actually talking about mental health normally now, whereas it's our parents no, they just don't talk about it. You know, my dad's a therapist, but doesn't go to therapy. I'm like, dad, you should go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing as like trainers, trainers, therapists. I mean, all of my therapists are going to therapists, but I think it's just some kind of, it's the generations of the past. It's how we were all trained, you know? And we're finally getting to that point of opening up the conversation. And there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, it's, I can't say that it's getting better, but, it, you know, I hope, I mean, even in my work, if I can just save a few lives and open up conversations and make people feel good and not weird and just normalize everything, I'm, my, my job is done. Yeah, like saving, having that safe space for them to, to share. Yeah. I want, what do you, what's like the hard, what are some things that make it so hard to open up the conversation I mean, the thought, like thought, the thoughts about well, how you're being perceived. Yeah, so I'll use my mother as an example. She passed away in September 2021, and the last five years of her life, uh, my husband and I were her caretaker, and she knew I was on the, um, I was on the board of directors now, board of advisors for NAMI, 
And I told her that and I would go into schools and um, high schools, junior highs, colleges and speak about mental health. And I told my mom that I was doing this work and because I didn't want young kids to have the same situation that I was in. And she got upset at me. And I was like, well, mom, like you, because uh, in some of these courses too, there's an adult who has been diagnosed with a mental illness and they're speaking and telling their story. I said, mom, well, I was like, what if you shared your story and you could really help someone? And she got upset at me. She's like, I can't believe you're doing this work. Um, if anybody knows, you know, um, they're going to think that I'm a bad person. And like, mom, no, but that's the stigma. So my mom didn't want to take medication at this point in her life because, you know, the stigma, everything was the stigma, the stigma. She, it's like, if you're sick and, and mental illness is a disease of the brain. So it's, I was like, mom, it's not your fault. So she, it's, it's just the fear of judgment, you know, and that's what society is like, oh, that person has schizophrenia. So they're dangerous. My mom was not a dangerous person. Uh, you know, we won't go into too much of that. There's a lot of different types of mental illness, but mm. um, I will say I just kept forging forward with my mission and I was with her the last three days she was here and I was with her in hospice. And on uh, day two, she said to me, finally, because I told her about big silence and how I was starting this foundation in her honor. And she said, it's not just my physical health and it's my mental health. And thank you. Oh my God. Full body chills. Wow. How'd that make you feel? Happy. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's just for her to come to that herself, you know, and share that with you before she passed. Yeah, but that goes to like, what if he would have done that 20 years ago? What if she would have said, I want to figure out what medication I need. I want to figure out how I can truly live my life. But instead, she held herself back because of the stigma. It's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. There's a lot of people struggling out there, which that's why your work is so incredible, what you're doing, the podcast and all that you have done so far. It's, you know, just like you said, you're changing. If you can just change one person's life and you're changing many, you're changing tons. So keep it at it. It's amazing. What are some, uh, which you already kind of talked on, but maybe you can shed a little bit more if I, if you missed any, what are some like resources and tools that people can use to improve mental health? Hey, hey, just want to drop a huge appreciation to you guys listening to the show. It means a lot. I hope you guys are enjoying it and there's so much more to come with it. If you are enjoying it, hit the subscribe button. I'd appreciate that tons. And also it would help this podcast reach others who need to hear these messages too. Well, there's the basic things that we all need in life. That's water. <laughs> Stay <laughs> Yeah. And second to listen to your podcast, by the way. <laughs> No, like the, the main things too, it's just like dehydration and how it affects your brain is so important. Your gut health is important because those two systems work together. Moving your body, exercising, um, oftentimes when someone is depressed, and I understand if you're clinically depressed, it's hard to get out of bed. But if you're, if you've got a little oomph in you to do anything, just 
even step outside and get some sunshine. And if you're in Seattle and it's cloudy, just get outside and get, be in nature, find, you know, something, just being in nature, meditation, like it's crazy. It, like meditation is so simple and everyone thinks oh, I'm not doing it right. I'm not, it's just, you're just breathing. Like just like, it can be as simple as taking five deep breaths and sitting with your eyes closed connecting with your body. Um, and in the tone it up app, we have a ton of meditations that I wrote and did. Um, and then, yeah, listen to my podcast, the big sign. Yeah, <laughs> totally. They're great conversations that we have there. It's doctors, psychologists, friends, you know, well-known people who either have a story, a journey, openly talk about, you know, all these different subjects that people are uncomfortable to talk about, but we also try to have fun with it too. Um, yeah. And then at the big silence, there's a resource page. So yeah, okay, guys, go listen to the big silence following this podcast. So with your background in, uh, the fitness space too, as well, how do you see, cause I feel like this is like an added pillar that's popping up more in the wellness space is like, okay, it's not just like kind of what we were talking about before we were, before we hopped on the recording, there, it's not just workouts and nutrition. It's like, how about the deeper aspect of getting the mindset on board with someone's journey? So how do you see mental health fitting into the broader, like from your perspective, like broader wellness and fitness industry? And then like second to that, are there any misconceptions that you would like to just address on the podcast? Misconceptions as in fitness industry, mental yeah. health? Yeah, yeah. Um. So it is an open converse, like mental health and fitness is becoming a larger conversation, probably because a lot of us are talking about it more. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'll go back to your founding tone it up. I was like, don't talk about mental health. Like that's a, that's a no, no, you know, you just, you work out and you eat right. But then I was like, I it was just like, boiling up inside of me, like this, there's something more to what true wellness is. And that's your mental health too. So that's when I started bringing in meditation and then going from there. Um, I've, I don't know if it's because we're like getting older and we're more aware of like why we really work out because it's not necessarily the aesthetic, at least for myself and a lot of people that I talk to who are the same age as me. But it's like, if I don't go to the gym or if I don't go outside for a hike or do something, give me one day, I'm fine. Two, yes, three, mm decline hundred <laughs> like, percent i hear you loud and clear on that I can resonate i'm not getting out of bed <laughs> okay. dude like mood mood drastically shifts if i'm not active <laughs> yeah and so again i don't know if it's like our generation now because I, I don't know if the younger generation is still like very aesthetic or they're learning i don't know or maybe just wellness and fitness overall is changing of like why you work out yeah. So actually to piggyback off of that, forget the misconceptions uh, question to piggyback off of that. Cause I want to go deeper. Why? Like, cause we both resonate with, like I resonate hard with like, if I don't move my body, if I'm not outside, if I'm not in nature, if I'm not working out, if I'm not like it, three, four days, like when I was sick with the flu, like I was out for two weeks. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, at the end I was like, yeah. Okay. Not only do I miss human interaction, <laughs> but I miss like moving my body. How, how does physical, how does being that way, like having physical fitness, how does that maintain 
or like improve mental health? I mean, it's all the the happy hormones that you get from that. And if you're working out, then you know, like you're less likely to have, you know, an illness or, you know, something, you know, you're taking care of your body. Because I think as also as we get older, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get, you know, something can go wrong. So as long as you take as best care as you can of your body, you know, I think that also reduces stress. And so I want to actually ask you, because you were sick for two weeks, because then you're not, not working out, you're not having human interaction. So I think it's kind of an important thing, especially now, because like, the flu is going around and everything. Like, how do you ease back into that after I, as I would imagine, you're kind of in this like, yeah, not, not gonna lie. I mean, I did keep up with getting 10,000 steps a day. So that helped. But like, I wasn't, it was either by myself outside. So I still was getting outside, but like, I love working out. Like I love the weights. I love getting in the gym. Um, so one, easing back into that was a bit of a struggle because I got to the gym and I was like, I can't go how I normally would because I'm going to tear apart my body. And then I'll be out for five days afterwards. Cause I'm going to just be sore and not healed to lift. So I got in, I was like, I did bar a barbell workout, no weight on the barbell. And I still screwed up my hamstrings. I was still so sore. So my hamstrings were sore for the next three to four days. And so then I obviously couldn't touch the lower body. So I had to keep it all upper body and my upper body can only take so much. So one, like it, it, I still had to ease into it and it was still frustrating because I still, um, you know, still kind of put myself out with just doing a little light barbell workout. And also within the first three minutes of working out, my heart rate jumped to 160. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, like this, this sucks. <laughs> One, but the human interaction, like when I started to get around people again, I was like, like it almost was too much. Like it was sensory, like overload in conversations. And like, I didn't, it, it, uh, it took me a second to recalibrate, like how to have a conversation. And like, also I found that I was a little bit more mentally exhausted after being around people uh, because I hadn't been used to that for two weeks other than like Zoom conversations, but like a human interaction is different. No, I I get like that. I can easily like just stay at my house. (laughs) (laughs) You're more of like an introvert. (laughs) But I went to the gym today, but then it feels good too for me. Like I went to the gym today. You see everyone, you're like, hey what's up? And I actually had um, a work workout session with somebody, a, a meeting while working out. So that's what nice. nice. Yeah. It definitely took a minute to get back. I'm not going to lie. Um, that was only last week. So like I'm only come coming in the week two of it, but yeah, it's a shift. But yeah. um, okay. That's another okay. question for you. What's yeah. up? I mean, but that's okay though. To like not put the pressure on yourself. Yeah. Getting better at doing that. Even like <laughs> nine nine years into my journey of working out and fitness and being in this in this lifestyle, it's you're still learning. You're still learning. You're still trying to implement things that you know you preach to your your crew on a regular basis. But yeah, hundred percent. Um, question: What what changes or like what developments do you hope to see in the mental health space in the coming years? The goal is to have fewer people suffering, less lower the suicide rates, um, 
make people feel safe about having the conversation about going to someone when they don't feel well, making people more joyful in life, happier. I mean, that's really it. Cause then, I mean, think about it. Like one person is happier and more joyful and then they have that effect on another person and another person. So literally our mental health can just spread across the world where people, you know, cause we are energy. And when there's people with that energy, that's not, you're not vibing with and it's negative it spreads on to the other people so it's really just a goal of number one saving lives bringing more joy in the world and making the world a happier healthier place Mm, i love that i can't remember exactly i listened to deepak chopra Mm -hmm. and i think i'm saying that right probably saying it wrong that's right (laughs) um i can't remember exactly what he said but he said basically like humanity is like like they're we're going in the wrong direction. What are your thoughts? Like, I don't, I'm not saying it right. I'm probably going to butcher how he explained it. Actually, I am butchering how he explained it. But, but to what you just said, like, we got to get everybody like on board together, like more, more, more light on this situation and more positive uh, all around. Yeah. I mean, when he talks about that, it's humanity, even though we are more educated and we have more tools and we know what the tools are. Humanity is not really getting it. It's, it's moving really freaking slow. Yeah. <laughs> His goal is to have 1 billion people meditating. And because meditation really calms your heart and your, you know, your systems and you're just more at peace. And so that's kind of his goal. Um, but yeah, it's a hard job. But the more people we have on board, you know, at least yeah. we're, we're trying. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, that's all you can do is try and yeah. And watch the positive impact happen. What, what do you have for people that may be listening right now that are struggling with their mental health and silence? Like what, what message do you have for those listeners? That you can get out on the other side. I know from personal experience that these hardships can turn around. Uh, it's a it's a lot of work. I know that it's sometimes more work to get on the other side than to stay where you are, but it's worth it on the other side. I know that as little Karina, as a teenager, as in my early 20s, where I didn't see happiness, joy, a future if I would survive. And now I'm here and I'm so happy I'm here. I'm so happy to experience life. And If you, on top of that, if you're struggling, reach out to a friend. They're not going to judge you. Say, I I need help. I'm really struggling. You should not suffer in silence. Don't be afraid. Um, Go to the resources, call someone, um, just speak up. And by you speaking up, you'll be a role model for someone else who needs to speak up. Yes. Mm, I love that. Again, full body chills. How about the flip, the reverse, right? Like how would, if there's somebody listening that knows that someone is in silence right now and and they can feel that and they want to have, help that person open up, how would that, how could like that person start supporting that conversation? Right. So say you have a friend or a family member and you, you kind of witness their habits changing. Maybe they're sleeping more, they're missing work, they or just a little bit less social, not like us, like we want to stay home, fine, (laughs) stay at home, (laughs) but (laughs) 
No, but I just think like when you see habits change like that, maybe just saying like check in and with no judgment, absolutely no judgment, just say, Hey, how are you doing? And never like I always say like listen, because most of the time people want to be heard. And you don't have to give feedback. Just how can I help? Okay, let's, you know, let's check out these resources. You're not there to be a counselor to them. You're there to listen and make them feel safe and yeah, and with no stigma because that remember we got to get away from that stigma. Hundred percent. That uh, I love what you said. How can I help? I love that. Like that's my motto. Like how can I help one or how can I support? Those are my two favorite things to ask. Love that. Uh, from your from your podcast, what would you say? Who was? I'm sure you you know you've had tons and tons of conversations and guests, but. What's one that sticks out the most? Like, what was that conversation like? And did it change your perspective at all? Oh, there's so many. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, it's such an a, array of conversations. Um, gosh. I mean, because it, it's like some friends I've had on share their stories. I've had friends on who have um, – lost a sibling by suicide and then had thought about taking their own life, but they went through it. I mean, there's doctors, there's one doctor I had on, I can't remember his name right this second, but he was talking about long COVID and I, the statistic keeps sticking with me. He said that because of COVID isolation became so big and the isolation is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's worse for your health. And I was like, I, both of us, jaws dropped. Like if you're, if you're just listening on audio, you guys, like <laughs> jaw just dropped. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. It's a, I was like, dang, but there, it's true. I mean, think about people are just alone and how your mental health, again, affects your physical health. And that stat just really, really stuck out to me. So. Wow. So if you're listening and you know someone who really isolates himself, reach out. Yeah. How can I help? How can I support? No judgment. Or just, yeah. Hey, want to go for a walk? Hey, you know, we are meant to be social creatures to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> so am I missing anything that I didn't ask that you want to be able to share with the listeners on the podcast? about your work, about what you do, about this whole, you're the first, honestly, the first guest on the macro hour that we've dove into this, like dove into it. Um, so I appreciate everything that you're sharing so far, but I don't want to miss anything. Like what is there anything I'm missing? I mean, no, I feel like we, in a short time, just really talked about it. And again, the resources are out there. Just listen to the pod, go to the site, take care of yourself, check in with a friend, check in with yourself and help every help us in the stigma and help us join the mission of making the world a better place. Amazing, Karina. Thank you so much. As we wrap up you guys today, what an insightful and an amazing conversation. We did like we dove in and we and we uh, you know, we got to it pretty quickly here in just a half an hour. But I do want to extend a huge thank you to you for joining us and being here and sharing your journey and sharing your wisdom and sharing the positive impact that you're making with your work. And for everyone listening, where can they, I'm going to put all your uh, handles and everything in the, in the description below, but you let them know where they, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about your work? Yeah. The big silence.com. 
Uh, my social Instagram handle is Karina Dawn or the dot big dot silence. And that's it. Amazing. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Karina, for being here. Thank you all for tuning in. And remember, you guys, it's okay to talk about your mental health. It's okay to talk about anything that you're struggling with and seek support and take the step towards a healthier, healthier, healthy, healthier, <laughs> happier life. <laughs> yes. Thank you for finishing my sentence. <laughs> thank you guys for listening and thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Real quick, the only ask I could ever have of you guys is to help spread the word so we can help more women lose body fat, build muscle, reach their goals, and feel insanely confident. And the only way we can do that is if you rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing I ask for you to do is if you could leave a review, it will take you 10 seconds and it will mean the absolute world to me and may change the world of someone else.